welcome to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast, a part of the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast network. Dare I say the flagship podcast of the Dynasty Sports Empire podcast network. We bring you the latest in sports and fantasy sports with, shall we say, a lighter approach to what most people consider a very serious undertaking. On the show today, NBA playoffs update and the NBA draft lottery. Uh, NCAA players changes in their payment possibilities. Uh, we talk about more stick'em because we just love talking stick'em and uh, talking Euro 2020 or 2021. I'm not sure which one it is. It's one of those. I think it's Euro 2020 being played in 2021. <laughs> that, that's what it is. <laughs> okay. All right. Just like, just like the Tokyo 2020 Olympics being played in 2021 later this summer. Email us at dsethepodcast at gmail.com, at dsepodcast on Twitter, dsethepodcast on Instagram. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to help other people find us. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Roman, and alongside me, that guy that you already heard tonight and every night is the guy who has the number one pick in all of our hearts, Tim Reinhart. Welcome, Tim. Um, I th- Thank you, and I'm going to introduce you as uh, the host who doesn't let double-digit leads go to waste in back-to-back games, uh, Jeff Roman. Yeah. Well, you know what? I was going to I was gonna hold my, my Sixers rant no, for later. But no, no. Get know. into it. Yeah, okay. Let's okay. go. Come on. Okay. All right. Well, so, let's, let's remember. Uh, let, let, me, let me take over host for a second. Please so, go ahead. Uh, let's remember that last week we were talking about how Jeff – um, didn't want to uh, watch the game because when he watches the game, uh, yep. the Sixers tend to tend to falter. Um, yes. I don't remember the score exactly, but it was when I had it on, it was double digit points. Now, when last week when I was like, I know the score, like I'm not going to tell you, yeah. did you have an inkling that the Sixers were winning? I did. I could tell in your voice that they were winning. <laughs> so I may have messed this up. <laughs> I, I could be just as responsible um, yes. as you. <clears throat> okay, so tell us, walk us through, you turn on the TV, yep. what's the score, what are you What are you feeling, walk us through it. Yeah, so I, I, it was about uh, right before halftime, I believe, when I turned it on after the podcast and, and doing all that stuff, um, and the Sixers were up 20 points. And, and I was like, okay, this is, this is pretty good. Not having watched any, but the crowd was like weirdly dead. And so I could tell that it used to be more than 20 points and I could, and the energy (laughs) level from uh, Atlanta was a lot more going into halftime than the Sixers. Sixers just basically just willing the clock to run out already right at halftime. So that to me, I was already doing the thing where I like, start subtracting the score and then thinking about how many trips it'll take down the floor for them to catch up. Oh, it's 15, uh, five trips down the floor. They'll probably be even right. Yeah. Um, just getting that kind of like negative mental Pess- math. pessimism. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so that was game number five, was five, right? Yeah. That was game number five last week. Um, so they blew that one. Uh, so that was game four and game five. They both blew. Well, and hold, um, hold, hold on yeah. on that one. So later yeah. that night you texted me something like, see, 
see like see what happens when I start watching or something. It was something to that effect. And I hadn't yeah. seen the score. I like just assumed <laughs> that the Sixers had won. And you oh, yeah. you were like referencing the fact that you didn't watch the bulk of the game. And no. then it was later, like right before I went to sleep. I don't remember why I went on the ESPN app, but like the lead story was like Sixers <laughs> blown second 20 point lead in as many games. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, that was, that was my first. I was like, oh no, this is not a good, this is not a good situation for Jeff. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I did turn it on when they were up 20 and then, you know, resultingly oh, they were minus 25 at that point after I started watching. So um, it was excruciating. Uh, game six was excruciating, but they, they found a way to win at the end. Game seven was equally as excruciating. I was pacing around trying to half do dishes and watch the game at the same yeah, time. That's like, you got to keep yourself occupied. Otherwise yeah. you're not going to have, fingers anymore right like yeah it's gonna bite your nails like crazy yeah yeah so so if you give me a little runway i'll go on my sixers yeah i do it you get get it going yeah okay so the sixers number one seed obviously great regular season they are a regular season team as constructed so let me go through kind of the the, there's, there's probably four big things right there are three big stars highest paid players and their coach right let's start with the coach because I, i'm still mulling over this a little bit yeah and this has been uh, news uh, up here too because of his connection to to boston right. yeah famously won a championship with boston when he had four hall of famers on the same team yeah um but his record when his team is a, one game away from clinching a series is 15 and 39 in his career, he's lost 39 games when his cha- his team has a chance to clinch a playoff series. That's not good. To me, that is, first of all and foremost in my rant, that is a staggering number of losses. I understand that like when you have a long career, you have a lot of losses. But 39 times when his team is is on the verge of clinching a series, he, his team has lost. That's So that's Doc Rivers, obviously the Sixers head coach. Uh, yeah. b- behind some very big collapses with Boston before he got the um, big four hall of famers with the Clippers, obviously some very famous um, collapses, including last year um, in the bubble. Yeah. So, and and this one, of course. So that's not a good start. Obviously people like him. He's a well-respected coach. They're not going to get rid of him. Fine. That's fine. So their best player is Joel Embiid. Who's a post player, a center. You can't have a center as your crunch time score in the NBA, the way the rules are set up. The rules are not set up for a player that, that plays like that to score at the end of the game. All the players will just Kevin Durant did, right? Is basically getting that right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So think about that. Like at that um, end of the game where Kevin Durant won it and the other one in the next game where he tied it by like an inch, he would have, um, he would have won it. Um, they just give him the ball and he walks up and shoots right. it. You, you, right? you do you. You do you. Right. Yeah. And if if they're going the full length of the court, they just give it to him and he walks up with the ball and he can do, uh, he can shoot it, obviously, from a long way away. He can um, get his own shot by going past the guy, right. taking a mid-ranger, going to the hole, passing it, right? He can do all of those things, right? Joel Embiid is a great player, MVP candidate for the regular season. But at the end of the game, it takes a lot of energy to number one, get him the ball. And then his options are very limited at that point, right? Especially as the clock's running down, he's going to shoot it. They just bring all their guys into him. Right. Um, 
or force him to dribble it and then steal the ball away, which happened at the end of one of those games. I don't even remember which one. So that's number one. Like he's the Sixers best player and you can't trust uh, a, a center to be your crunch time score. He can be your right. best player, but he can't be your crunch time score. He, he can't, he can't do all those things that, that you just described. He, he yes. just can't. He can't just because of the way, I mean, at seven, two, he can shoot threes. Okay. But he can't shoot threes and drive and pass. Right. And he's not, he's not the bringing the ball up and he's not yeah. a threat to do five different things with the ball. Right. Exactly. So, um, so that's just the way the NBA is set up right now. It used to be yeah. a post-scoring league back in the you know 80s or whatever. Now it's right. a shooter's league, right? Like if a shooter tries to shoot the ball and the guy brushes him, that's a foul. Yeah. But if he gets roughed up before he gets the ball, that's not a foul. It's just part of the game. So there's different rules now that makes it easier for, for perimeter players. And so that's just the fact of the matter, right? Um, so he's a great player and he's, you know, MVP candidate every year if he's healthy, but that's the regular season. And in the crunch time of the playoffs, everybody's playing even more tightly, right. than they did in the regular season. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Um, it's no surprise that their best, their best team obviously still went out in the second round, but their best team had Jimmy Butler on it two years ago. He, uh, would kind of just, coast a little bit <laughs> uh, until the fourth quarter and then he would bring the ball up and he would shoot threes and he would drive and pass and, and get to the hole and get fouled. So he would do all of those things in the fourth quarter um, and let Joel do things otherwise ar- around playing defense and, and um, you know, catching lobs at the end of the game, yeah. but you know, do his offense that he likes earlier in the game. So um, that, is that part. Obviously there's a huge story about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is like the biggest story in the NBA in game seven. If you haven't seen it, he passed up a dunk, a wide open dunk because he was afraid he would get fouled, I guess. And he's kind of in his head about foul shooting. Um, so he passed it and then the other guy got fouled and only hit one of the two free throws. So it was kind of a, you know, even though it was only one point difference, it was like a huge morale change from a huge monstrous dunk. Right. Oh, versus, that, that's all the versus, Yeah, exactly. So um, he is another player who is probably a great regular season player. He's a great player uh, on defense, but in the postseason, everybody plays better defense because everybody's focused. Defense is a focused thing, right? Um, for the most part, it's skill, some skill, some focus, right? But if everybody's focused, uh, skill uh, takes a little bit of a backseat. And in the playoffs, there are less transition opportunities. He's a great player. When a transition, he's running, he's flying around the court, passing right when defense is scrambling. But that doesn't happen in um, the postseason as much. It's a kind of a different kind of game. And so pretty much he wants to be called the point guard. So he brings the ball up, he hands it off to somebody else, and he goes stands under the hoop. And him standing under the hoop means that there's another player right by Joel for when he's posting up to just come over and help out. Right. Um, And they know that Ben Simmons is not even going to take a dunk. He's not even going to take an open dunk. So they don't even need to cover him. So he has gotten to the point where he is not effective at anything on offense and basically is a net negative. A lot of people think that they would not have won game six had he not been in foul trouble. So he was in foul trouble and had to hit the bench a little bit and they played better with him on the 
bench. So that's a bad sign. He's on a max contract, 35 million or whatever. For like four more years, right? For like four more years. So first things first, they have to trade him. He he needs a change of scenery. It's over here for him. Um, Here being Philadelphia. So, uh, you know, I, I think his value is probably at the lowest, but I think they'll be able to get some reasonable value for him around the league, at least one, uh, one team. He's not, again, he's not a team like he's not a player like say Durant Durant's cheating, but Durant would fit on any team. Any team could say, yeah, we could use, we could use a player like that. Right. We could, we could use a player that can shoot and pass and right. He's probably the best player in the NBA right now. Right. right. Yeah. Well, (laughs) not speaking directly to him, but like that kind of type of player, right. A player who shoots and passes and stuff. Right. Um, but Ben Simmons is a very unique player in that you have to have the right situation and the Sixers need to take back the right player, right? They need to take back a player who can shoot. They need to take back a player who would help them win now because they can't take back draft picks because Joel Embiid will say, well, I'm 28. What, what are we taking back 2025 first rounders for? Yep. So uh, that, that'll be a problem. Um, so, you know, that, that is what it is. They got to trade him. That's it. Um, and the lastly, is their third quote unquote star, which is Tobias Harris, um, who two years ago they traded too much for him and they gave him too big of a contract um, in free agency after they traded for him. So uh, twice as much as he's, he's probably worth um, they paid for him. Um, and he is a guy who can't really get his own shot, especially not in the fourth quarter of a playoff game. Um, he can kind of, get his own shot. He kind of like walks into a little back down and then takes a low percentage shot and he misses. Um, so, you know, he, he's just not good enough. Um, and again, two years ago when they had Jimmy Butler, he was like the fifth option on the, on that team. And he was good enough to be a fifth option. But if you're paying somebody 35, $40 million a year, you want them to be a one, a one, a, a one, a one B kind of player. So, and he's not that. So, That'll wrap up my Sixers rant now that everybody's tuned out. But they are <laughs> the the players that they have put together don't fit, and they've never really fit. Um, there was a chance that they could, um, but the players haven't made the progressions in the areas that they needed to uh, in order to. Ben Simmons just doesn't shoot at all ever. He doesn't shoot a three pointer ever, even though he would probably be fine. Um, but there's something mentally there about him shooting three pointers. Uh, I can't imagine what the situation is, so I will comment on it, but he just doesn't shoot them. So Joel has to, Embiid has to shoot three pointers. Um, Tobias Harris doesn't like to shoot three pointers. I don't know what it is. So anyhow, um, let's, let's segue that into a little bit. Um, (laughs) because the reason that they don't fit that well is because they built their team on the draft. Right. So just like we talk about in, in football is like if you're a team that cannot get a marquee free agent or trade for a marquee player, you have to build your team through the draft. And if you win the lottery, you can't control when you win the lottery. So you have to pick the best player that's available at that time. Right. So um, so the Sixers picked Ben Simmons when they had the first pick. He was the right pick at the time. But he didn't fit with the players that they had. So, but they had to pick the best player, the, yeah. mo- the best chance of being a star. So I'll segue away from the Sixers because I, I feel like happy that I don't have to watch them anymore because it was very painful. 
Um, so this week is, was one of my most favorite kind of 10 minutes of sports, um, which is the NBA draft lottery. Really? Uh, you, you get down yeah. with this. Okay. I, I love it because it, especially now that they've flattened the odds. So the way that it works, and let me just back up on the NBA draft lottery a little bit, is that all 15 teams that don't make the playoffs have a chance to get the number one pick. Obviously team 15 has like a 1% chance. Right. And, uh, or, or team, yeah, team 15 has a, a like a 1% chance and the top three teams now have like a 14% chance. So that's the highest number you have. It's really not that high, right? Well, no, <laughs> so for, I mean, it's not a guarantee. When the Knicks absolutely tanked, they, I think, would they end up with the two or the three? Like they, yeah. The Knicks yeah. had terrible luck. They dropped out to like seventh, I think, one time um, yeah. when they had one of the worst records. So it, the randomness of it and how much is obviously weighted on it, right? Uh, getting the, There's not like a surefire Zion or LeBron in this draft. But still, picking number one is a huge um, accomplishment, right? Because it changes the trajectory of your team, basically. Um, so it's just 10 minutes of a guy, Mark Tatum, who's like the assistant commissioner or something who has like the nicest, most friendly smile that is, he just goes up there. He opens envelopes. It's like the most entertaining envelope opening you'll ever see. Um, (laughs) and so, (laughs) um, this year, the Detroit Pistons won, which is good for as far as I, I, I can see, um, they have a, uh, pretty good young team um and so the consensus number one player is um and we talked about him during the ncaa tournament kate kate cunningham out of uh oklahoma state um kind of a in a a guy in the mold of a one you know a a poor man's durant right so I, i don't think there's a a big star here but um, he's kind of a player that is like Chris Middleton on the Bucks, um, can kind of do everything um, a little bit like a Swiss Army knife. So yeah, um, Detroit will probably pick him. But um, that was uh, a very exciting ten minutes for uh, Detroit fans, and less exciting for all the other teams that did not get the number one pick. So, so you you didn't watch you didn't watch. The, I didn't uh, even know it was happening until the next day when I heard oh, okay. they got the they the yeah. Detroit got the number one pick. I was like, oh, that that was uh that was yesterday. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So we we, we are cut from different cloth on on that one. Well, and I got into it because when the Sixers were were tanking, that was the hugest point of the yeah. season. Do right. they after all of this losing through the season? Do they get do, the number one? Do pick? you cash in? Right? On it. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So. Um, there is some local podcast, the right to rights to Ricky Sanchez, for example, who would have a giant party for the lottery, right? They would, they filled out Xfinity live, which is like a huge, like a bar place near the, near the stadiums, just full of people waiting for them to read off the, the names, um, of the teams. So, um, you know, when you're a bad team, that's exactly what your whole season is for. Yeah. Um, is that, is that draft lottery? So uh, I enjoy that quite thoroughly. Um, and so congratulations to Detroit for the number one pick, the Pistons. Now, do you think um, any of that is, is fixed by the NBA at all? Are you of that conspiracy theory mindset? So I don't think it is now. I think that they make a very big effort that 
it is covered heavily enough and uh, vetted. I think like Ernst and Young vets it and stuff like that. But however, uh, back in the day, like speaking of the Knicks, right? Patrick so the, the Patrick Ewing one where the strategy was they would they would roll this lottery tumbler thing that looked like it, you know, it's from the local bingo you know, club, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the local bingo club, right? And a bunch of envelopes in it. And the commissioner would put his hand in and pick out a thing <laughs> and, and and read off who had the number one pick. I mean, to me, that is preposterous. But so the conspiracy theory about, uh, and, and this is the one that I believe, is that they froze the Knicks envelope. So it was ice cold. Yeah. So the co- commissioner puts his hand in feels around and finds one that's freezing and takes it out. <laughs> that's so good. So, oh, uh, and so ta-da, the Knicks, Knicks get Patrick, Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I believe that one. I don't believe it is. I anymore. don't believe it is okay. orchestrated anymore, but at some point when there's, it's just so, you know, there's so much chance for, you know, and David Stern famously, uh, canceled that Chris Paul trade to the, um, where was he going? The Lakers, I think, um, from New Orleans uh, several years ago. Um, yeah, so he he's that, been yeah. known he's been known to meddle. So that that's why I don't put it past him. Okay. Um, and obviously, the the other NBA stories was the uh, Brooklyn uh, losing to Milwaukee there in Game Seven. Did you? We were texting we, a bit. We were about texting it. during you, that. I yeah. I flipped it on in the fourth quarter. Okay. With like five minutes to go, and saw that it was tight. Um, we saw uh, Durant um, hit that near three-pointer to tie the game. Um, and then I think the Nets scored two points in overtime. Right. I mean, I, I think that both teams played their players uh, a huge amount in that game. And then they went to overtime. So, like, Durant probably played 53 minutes. Um, yeah. So, After playing 48 the day before or right. two days before. Right, so understandable that it got it got a little sloppy, yeah. um, in in the uh, in the extra time. But to my surprise, I I I felt so sure that Brooklyn was gonna just you know make a couple buckets there at the end and come away with it. Yeah, but, um, I Durant think after, was hit after that Durant shot. We both were yeah. like, oh well, this is this yeah. is it. This was gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but he was hitting front rim a lot on his shots, which means he was. He's losing his legs. A little tired, uh, yeah. Yeah, so understandable. Again, 53 minutes. Um, still a big surprise that Milwaukee pulls it out. But that is the also the downside of the kind of three-star approach, which is all of your salary is taken up by three stars. So you don't have any salary to give to like a $12 million guy after that. It's a bunch of as cheap guys as you can get that are, that are available after that. So if you have some injuries like they did with Kyrie Irving, um, I think they have another injury. You're relying on guys that are either young and cheap or old and cheap. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, Harden, I mean, I don't know anything about basketball really. He just looked like he, he was a a shell of a human being out there. Like he, he was obviously hurt. He wasn't, you know, wasn't really, doing anything with the ball other than walking it up the court um, and then giving it to Kevin Durant, it seemed like. Right. So, uh, yeah. And then, you know, your next best guy there is is Blake Griffin. Um, is, I mean, who's probably, again, I'm, I'm probably speaking a little out of my element here, but 
is not going to be the guy that you need to be like a secondary scorer in in those situations. Like everyone's just keying on Kevin Durant. Right, exactly. And he's, again, a, a low, po- low post player. Yeah. He can play a little bit more in the perimeter, but he's, he's going to be under the basket. And yeah. so you can't just give him the ball and have him walk it up. Right. And they did that a little bit in Detroit, but still at, at now at his age, he's just going to be kind of a, um, energy guy under the hoop and grabbing rebounds and dunking lobs and stuff like that. So, um, you know, that, that's exactly what happens, right? Harden was hurt. Durant was Durant and, and basically only reason they got to seven games. Um, so that's that's the uh the the other side of the sword when you go to the three stars approach so right um milwaukee has their talent spread out a little bit more um but uh still i was quite surprised that they came through so um good for milwaukee milwaukee's already gotten beat by atlanta once yeah um so watch out for uh watch out for what's this guy's uh, trey young that's his name yeah trey young so i mean he's he's on fire right now yeah, so again, he, he is the kind of player who, number one, can shoot from the outside. Number two, can get past guys to shoot from the mid-range, can get to the basket, can pass for other people, right? He can get his own shot. He is very good at getting fouled and getting to the foul line. So he, he does those things that you want to have available in crunch time yeah. of, of a playoff game. So, um, And it hasn't quite come to fruition. He's very... Uh, you know, small, so he he's weaker on defense, but n- nobody on the Sixers, nobody on the Knicks has really been able to uh, take advantage of that and just kind of run him over. So um, again, playoff basketball, different than regular season basketball, the whole team is focusing and they can overcome his weakness on the defensive end. So um, I'll, uh, I'll segue off of the NBA now that we've done 25 minutes because... <laughs> That was mostly me talking. Um, so let's let's uh, let's segue over to um, well before we leave the NBA. Suns are up two nothing. Chris Paul is coming back. They're playing yeah. tonight. So uh, the Clippers have rallied down from from two zero in all of their other series. So it certainly is possible. They're without Kawhi Leonard and Chris Paul is coming back. The Suns look so fun. I'm 100 rooting for the Suns. So, Agreed. Um, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Looking looking forward to seeing that. So. Um, that just to put a pin in the last piece of, of the NBA there. Um, so did you see this, um, Supreme court ruling? Of course uh, it's right. This it's week it's right up, uh, the alley we were talking about last week about, uh, player, a, a bit different, uh, uh yep. but player compensations. And I think we talked about, so basically the gist of it, as I understand it is that, um, the, that players can no longer be restricted from benefiting from their likeness being used. Is that what I'm understanding? Well, so there's a couple of, there's a couple of things, different things here. And this is why I want to talk about this. Supreme court said that, um, unanimously nine, nine zero, which I mean, in, in in this political climate, Think about nothing that. as you mean. Yeah, like, that's how bad. That's how bad. That's the NCAA how is. crazy <laughs> the NCAA is. Yeah. Okay. Like, just think about yeah. it. Like, let that sink in for a minute. Right. Jeez. Okay. Keep going. So, so they they basically said that student athletes, their fictitious name for athletes, right? Um, they can get 
as compensation from the school more than just a scholarship, right? So they can receive um, additional payments or, or, or stuff like that, right? So um, this basically says that NCAA saying that all you all you get is a scholarship and that's it is not constitutional, right? Um, so that comes alongside at the similar time with, um, I'm looking for the number here, but there are at least uh, seven um, states that are allowing uh, student athletes to benefit from their name, image, and likeness. So they can do a sports camp or they can do a commercial or they can sell a jersey with their name on it, right? Right. Um, so that's seven states, one including Alabama, um, which is big, obviously, for, for, for the University of Alabama and Auburn, I guess, um, to recruit students there who, who know that they want to be able to make money off of the, being a college athlete. So those are the two parts to it. One was by the Supreme Court, others were states at the time. And, so. and that's gonna that's going to be, you know, that that's gonna be a competitive market essentially. If yep. you are uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence and you're you're gonna you're a five star recruit, like that's a little added bonus to go to a school in one of those states. So you know, you're going to start seeing some of these, I think you're going to start seeing some of these big institutions start lobbying their legislators um, yep. to to allow this. And, you know, we, we might have talked about this, like, first off, uh, if I'm allowed to be a nerd for a second, the, Please. the um, apparently the in the opinion, um, uh, Justice Kavanaugh uh, wrote a concurring opinion and, and he wrote the NCAA is not above the law. The NCAA couches its arguments for not paying student athletes in innocuous labels, but the labels cannot disguise the reality. The NCAA's business model would fl be flatly illegal in almost any other industry in America. That's some pretty like damning um, critiques there. Um, yeah. It, Did you uh, and the next part? I actually quite liked. Uh, I don't know if you have that in front of you. I, I don't know. Said. Uh, all of the restaurants in a region cannot come together to cut cooks' wages on the theory that customers prefer to eat food from low-paid cooks. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's it's it when you put it that way, right? Which is a bit. Is that from the from from the Gorsuch opinion or from the concurring? The concurring. Okay. Yeah, that was from Kavanaugh. Like when you, that's a bit of like hyperbole, but that's yes. what's <laughs> that, that's what's yeah. happening. Yes. You know, like. It, it's just it's astounding that this went on for so long and i think we we might have talked about this like i can remember playing i don't remember the name of it but i can remember playing a game on super nintendo um so or i'm sorry nintendo 64 so this is like when i'm in high school probably and it was yep. an ncaa basketball game and all the guys on um oh yeah it was 1998 because i was i was still rooting for like i was still into like rooting for duke back then and like okay. everybody it was like elton brand Corey mcgetty steve avery it was like all the guys like they same skin tone same number same skill set same right. everything it was obviously those people only it was like you know i think elton brand was 33 say what i don't know if he was but let's say he was like it was like number 33 but like yeah. <laughs> Elton Brand. So like it's it's amazing that for and uh what was it like 
uh, was a guy. It was a guy from UCLA who was who was driving the charge on this one for a while. Ed O'Bannon yeah. is that his name? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So like, and and he had a did he have a twin brother or a younger brother that also yes. played for them? There was another. He had a, he had a younger brother. I yeah. yeah. So it's it's been it's been a long time coming that this has happened or this has been going on, and um, it's it's amazing that it's taken this long for something like this to happen, but I'm glad that it did. Yep. It should. Um, it's common sense too. Like, right. I, so I, 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 I don't usually like making that argument because it's like, obviously someone can disagree and that doesn't mean that they're like, they're irrational. Like I, I, I get that. It's just, it, it seems like this is such an archaic, it, it maybe this worked in the fifties when ESPN wasn't airing all these games and, you know, video game companies weren't, um, weren't making the likeness of, of athletes and basically everybody in college sports, except for the student athletes are getting paid. Yep. And these guys aren't, these people aren't, I mean, and say like, you know, and, and it's not just a, it's not just a, um, uh, like a men's sports thing. Like the college, uh, softball world series was like doing astronomical ratings and none of those none of those kids see anything right and and one of the things actually that you you mentioned um about the women versus the men is that now that you can benefit from name image and likeness right you can um with the power of social media you can you know sponsor things on social media do ads and stuff like that right and what they found when they looked at athletes college athletes social media is that the women generally have more followers. So they have a better chance of making more money. I think there was one um, uh, basketball player who's uh, just graduated from high school who was going to probably Connecticut, who had several million followers already still in high school, um, ready to like benefit from that uh, level of engagement that they get on social media. So social yeah. media being the, the equalizer, right? You'd think, oh, well, men's basketball, men's football are going to have the most money. But also because of social media, the women's athletes um, can uh, also even it up, right? Maybe the TV, the TV deals won't bring as much money, but the social media certainly can. So there, there's a lot out there that they should uh, be doing. And we'll see this absolutely happen in more states um and i I look forward to it because they maybe maybe the house of cards is also gonna like start to crumble for the ncaa here like it's it it it, it's probably about time i I mean there's there's so many other things like basically they're they have have been accused or uh labeled um, of restricting trade and commerce by, by the Supreme court. Um, and you know, that's, that's true, not just with like, um, players benefiting, but with almost everything. And like, what a like corrupt entity, like, like nonprofit for real, like, (laughs) it's just, the whole thing is, is bananas. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it. Like it, you know, I, I read this article. I don't, I wish I remember who it was or what, what it was like. And they said like, they should, they're like, let's replace the NCAA with like, with an organization that like is really, 
its acronym would be exactly what it stands for. And it was like college athletics schools. And the last one was H. So it was like C A S H. (laughs) It was like, you know, (laughs) so like, just be real with, with what's happening. You know, I don't know. I I could probably go on and on and on, uh, on, on my own rant about this. And it's just like it, it outside of, um, I guess at least those kids are getting like, and again, well, all right. Let's talk the scholarship thing. Like not everybody gets a scholarship. Like, uh, um, college baseball world series is on, has been on. There are 11.7 scholarships that a division one school can offer to their roster of 30 kids. They have to divide 11.7. So those kids are not all on full boat scholarships. Like it's, it's just not the way it is. And yet they're, you know, they're making, I don't know what the TV contract is for ESPN to air that, but there it's gotta be in the millions of dollars. And none of those athletes see a dime. And they yep. can't, as of, you know, I don't know if this opinion changes, they can't go sign an autograph. They can't, you know, uh, like endorse a pair of cleats. Uh, you know, so it's like, these are the things that make no sense to me. Um, and uh, it'll be, I, I will revel a little bit in um, the NCAA sort of, at least being called to the carpet on this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I'll just put in my my last word on this one is that you see the kind of double, two-face, right? When just looking at transfers, right? Players going through transfers have to sit out or be a graduate or have all of these rules where coaches can switch jobs just like everybody else has switched jobs, right? You can transfer schools as a student very easily, right? You just yeah. take, as long as your credits transfer, you can transfer from one school to another, right? But if you're a student athlete, right, and you want to play, you got to sit out or you got to be already, gra- you have to have all of these kind of criteria. But you know what? Coaches get a new job. They can have three jobs in a year. It doesn't matter, right? And you know what? So I'm I'm okay with that. Like, and I'm okay with yeah. them getting compensated as much as they do. Like Nick Saban is probably, I don't know. I'm just going to, what does he make? Like six, $8 million. He, he could very well be underpaid based yep. on the amount of money that he brings into the university. I I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I, I'm not saying that to deride the coaches. I'm saying they're making the right, right decisions for themselves. The exactly. players should, players be, should be afforded well. the same, the same thing, the same benefits, the same abilities that, uh, that coaches can. I agree with that. Right. Right. And to take it back, right. You, you can't have a cook at a restaurant say, well, I want to go to the restaurant down the street, but your first restaurant says, okay, well you can do that, but you got to sit out a year. Right. <laughs> it's hilarious when you think yeah. of it. Doesn't oh make my any gosh. Sense. Yeah. All right. Speaking of not making any sense, um, we'll go to a, a little bit of a, we went long on uh, both my, my Sixers rant and your NCAA rant, which is fine. Yeah, um, I'm perfectly happy with rants. Um, but um, something that doesn't make any sense is the um, baseball's implementation Ugh. of the stickum. Uh, I don't know what do you want to call it. I'm, I'm not going to call it a controversy. A enforcement, I guess, would be a better word. Um, 
it's hilarious and i love it's, that it's this kind is happening. it's kind of funny it's kind of funny from an outsider's perspective um but if you're looking at it too seriously you're, you're like harumphing at it um these these i mean the first one i saw i was like did he just is this an is this an appropriate like yeah <laughs> like the umpire just grabbed at the pitcher's belt i was like what yeah. hold, for what and, and I, I love it, one, because it's great fodder. Uh, I don't know if you watched the John Boy. Oh, you did because you sent it I to sent me. it to you. Yeah. I sent it to you. Uh, yeah. The John Boy breakdown of uh, of Max Scherzer. That was phenomenal. And, uh, you know, Sergio Romo go, comes yeah. off his second check. He's taking he t- took his pants off. And it's right. like, what you know, it, the thing about this to me is like, OK, so John Boy, who's like a guy, um, who I, I I don't know conspiracy theory he might like have access to like different camera angle I I, I would be surprised if like he's in cahoots with MLB because it gets them publicity but like nevertheless right. he like he's able to find the the stuff on on these guys like when you Darvish had it in his glove it took John Boy five minutes to zoom in on his glove and figure it out like you're right. telling me that MLB can't do that we have to do like these checks that are more invasive than than a TSA security check like. <laughs> The, right. it's 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 amazing that like the, the so one it, it, like i love that it's you know crumbling in the because because to to do this mid-season was dumb in the first place and then like to have you know egg on your face like uh, mlb deserves everything that it's getting right now in my opinion and you know you're telling me this is the best way to do it to to you know check these pitchers like make them take their belts off and, and and make them take their gloves off like you can't have somebody in in an in intern you know watching for this on a camera like yeah. it's you know or like the the the, the umpire rubbed max Scherzer's head <laughs> right like that's you're laughing because it's hilarious like that that's what they had that that's what they did to to check to make sure he wasn't using a foreign substance. Yeah, and oh uh, my, my favorite part of the uh, John Boy breakdown of that was like, well, he was he was being the umpire, and he's like, well, I, I guess this is my job now. I gotta <laughs> I gotta rub this guy's sweaty head to see if he has sticky stuff in it. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's not just calling balls and strikes, but uh, you know, rubbing rubbing down people's hair just to make sure that we've come a long way in the pandemic, I guess <laughs> <laughs> two months ago, umpires were wearing masks and like saying socially distant from players. And now they're rubbing their heads and checking right. their belts. <laughs> what a joke. Yeah. So that it is quite silly. I'm sure, it, I'm sure there'll be in a equally uh, more silly things to come, but oh, it, it definitely reached a, a fever pitch right off the bat, right, which was, right out of the gate, which was great. Um, which was great. So, um so that that is our weekly stickum talk i'm sure we'll talk about it There's next more week coming next yeah. week yeah um so let's let's go to our uh our quick hitters here at the end yep um i promised some some euro 2020 yep. talk so your your germany advances <clears throat> they get um, through it didn't look like it for a while but thankfully portugal donated two goals to germany um on a couple own goals um uh, which was which was nice. Now they they advanced. So yeah, happy about that. 
So I, I put I put a little little small wager on on France and Portugal when before the Euro started to to win it, um, not realizing they were both in the same group. They so they that, all that made shows it. Shows how though, much right? they did make it. They did make it. Um, shows how much research I did, which was minimal. Um, but they both advanced. My my picks are still alive. So that continues pretty much uh, every day. Did they take today off? I couldn't remember. Yeah, so, there was. I don't believe there was anything today. Because um, we're we're out of the group stages and on to the knockout rounds. Yeah. Um, so I think the next thing is actually is it is it Saturday? Well, Am I making that up? Let's take a look. Let's let's look at the schedule. Yeah, here. That round of sixteen um, Saturday, first yeah. games are Saturday: Wales, Denmark, Italy, Austria. Right, yeah. So the next games are Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday for the round of sixteen. Um, let's see. Uh, Germany has England. That should be a that, real, a tough, real good game. That's, that's a, a tough, tough game. draw, man. Um, that's a tough, tough draw. France has Switzerland, um, and Portugal has Belgium. Another very, very tough draw there. Yeah, that's a tough draw um, for them. So they're they're you know obviously in European soccer. Once we get down to the sixteen, there's still a bunch of good teams. Um, wait, Austria got through too. Wait, Austria got through. Oh, okay, that's right. That's right. Uh, the Hungary was the other other team um, in Germany's. Uh, yes, group. yeah, Hungary was. So the um, there's there's 16 left, and they will play on Saturday through Tuesday, and then the quarterfinals will be uh, the Friday and Saturday next. So um, looking forward to that. It's at noon Eastern and 3 p.m. Eastern. So. Uh, I love the ones on Saturday and Sunday. Great to have great middle of the day yeah. um, sporting events um, for a Saturday and Sunday. Agreed. So I'm, I'm That'll be a good watch. Um, so did you watch the U S open? Yes, I did. And okay. um, what a, what a finish that was for a little while. You had probably six guys within one stroke of the lead and you had, you know, some big hitters like, uh, you know, Xander Shoffley or Justin Thomas, who were like, you know, an eagle on a par five away from being in the conversation. And you had to keep an eye on them. Right. Um, so that was that was really cool. Um, and then, you know, those two putts that John Rahm sank on 17 and 18. So he birdied both holes um, on two very tricky putts to put the pressure on Oosthuizen to. uh um, to have to do the same. And then when he went, oh man, it was just brutal. Like when he went out of bounds on 17, um, or I guess it wasn't out of bounds, a lateral hazard, uh, that was, or in the penalty area, um, that, that was just gut wrenching to watch. Like it, it just, you know, it reminds you that like, yeah, these guys are, you know, just as human, um, as, as you are on the golf course. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it was a cool, it was a cool finish. Yeah. And, and one of the things that it, it's always fun about the U S open is that they try to keep the scores low, right? Not like low, like minus 20, right? right? They try to keep, keep the scores around even. So that tends to, to keep guys bunch, kind of bunch it up together, yeah. which, which um, usually ends up for a, a very nice finish. And this one did as well. Congratulations to John Rahm. Yeah. Um, it, are there any other sports that we missed, Tim? Um, obviously, we didn't reset hockey. We our our Islanders hockey. have a big game seven tomorrow. Um, okay. After being down 
two nothing in game six. They battle back to two two. They scored an overtime on a on a great defensive play um, where they picked off uh, picked off a pass and um, in Tampa Bay's zone and just flicked it past the goalkeeper for uh, that. That's a soccer term. Uh, the goaltender, the goaltender. <laughs> the goaltender. Um, yeah. All right. Um, anyway, that that's my breakdown. <laughs> okay. They, they, they won three to two. Um, yeah, they won. They went three to. So they're going to a game seven. Yeah, NHL playoffs tomorrow night, eight p.m. Uh, that is the combination of a playoff hockey plus the game seven hockey. Um, great, great to watch. In the other side, uh, Montreal uh, surprisingly leads three to two over the Golden Knights. Yep. They are currently playing right now. Right that now. one is live 1-1. So when you listen to this, it'll probably not be 1-1. Um, <laughs> if the if the Golden Knights win, uh, we will be going to a Game 7 on Saturday night. So I'm rooting for the Canadians. I know you're rooting for the Golden Knights. Yep. I just like I, – I root for the Canadian teams because the Canadian teams haven't won on Stanley Cup in who knows how long. Um, so I always root for them to, to see if they can – uh, push it through. And obviously Canadians were the lowest point total in, in the playoffs. So I like to good like Cinderella kind of story. story as well. yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I'll definitely be keeping my eye on, on those because I definitely want to see how, how they play out tomorrow night, game seven in playoff hockey. What are you keeping your eye on this week? Oh, Mike? so that was, that's what I was, I was going to say, keeping my eye on the Islanders, but I will, I will go astronomy on you. Oh. And say that I'm keeping my eye out on this supermoon that is uh, that should be out right now. So, uh, oh really? Go give okay. that. Well, again, go give that. Go give that a look when you're not. It's not going to be there when you when you're this podcast. But it yeah. lasts another night, right? Or is it just one? Uh, night tonight is the moon? technical full moon night, but it still should okay. be uh, pretty big. And um, as long as you're in a place where it's uh, not not overcast, uh, should be able okay. to see it tomorrow too. Okay, let's do that. All right, keep your eyes glued to the supermoon and keep your ears glued to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast. And we'll talk to you next week. All right, see you next week. You nailed so, that finish, man. You got that I did, one. I did, I did nail yeah. that one. That one was great. Um, so this is it's a full moon and a supermoon. Is that what you're saying? I think, think in like italics underline bold that a supermoon has to be a, like it's a type of full moon so it's i think it's a full moon at the point where the moon is closest in its to the earth in its orbit yeah got it and and just a quick googling a strawberry moon apparently. yeah so that, apparently when it i believe that means when it comes up above the horizon initially the way that the sun reflects off Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely gonna try. Yeah, check it out. Uh, it's, it's, it's-